Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello from the same time zone, Doug Mellard. Hey, Doug Benson. Welcome to Central Time. (laughs) i'm in illinois and i assume you're in texas yep you are correct yeah that's the central time zone swath right there in a nutshell uh (laughs) and uh uh, i'm at the out on the road and you're at home and uh our guest today i don't know where he is he's a comedian and actor I met when we did Douglas movies in Sacramento a couple of months back. I believe he's based in Los Angeles, but it is Thursday, May 5th. So uh, who knows? He might be out on the road somewhere, you know, for a weekend gig. Uh, did I say his name yet? It's you Danny. <laughs> it's Danny Jollis. Woo-hoo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, an adult named Danny which is uh, <laughs> interesting in and of itself. You know, probably kept it for professional reasons, but we'll find out. Uh, let's go to work. It's crazy. I if I hear different things every time I hear that song. It's so there's so much subtle things going on uh, throughout it that I'm sure the people love hearing it over and over again. Hello, Danny Jolis. How are you? Ah, oh, I'm doing very good. How are you? I'm all right. I'm here with the other Doug. Hey, and, dude. Um, the uh, two of you have never worked together before. No, not that I. Right. <laughs> I don't think so. I know I was doing the same thing. I was like, your name looks looks vaguely familiar, but I don't know if we've ever actually done anything. Together. I mean, it's, you know, with comedy, there's always a chance in L.A. or wherever we were on a set or show together four years ago or eight years ago. Oh, I know. I mean, there's definitely been a time, but not that I can remember, but now I feel like we're building a, a, a bridge and a connection that will never go away and will last <laughs> for a lifetime. So I feel great about it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God podcasts came along to uh, bring comedians together. Uh, even, even when we're apart, we've been doing this show. It started during the pandemic and, uh, and then we just, you know, now that it's supposedly over, uh, we're still, pretty much doing it over zoom but we do have uh an occasional 
uh, live version of this that we are doing. So uh, hopefully somewhere down the road, we can get you involved in that, Danny. But for now, we even have, we even asked our guests to turn the cameras off. We really make it like a radio. Uh, yeah, it, it kind of hurt my feelings actually when it happened. <laughs> That's on. part of why I brought it up. I just wanted to make sure you knew that it was like every week we do that. We don't like wait till we see the person and then say, "Oh, let's do this cameras off." Well, and and, and to pull back the curtain on on the on the people, I came in video on guns a blazing. I felt great about it, and then they were like, "Turn it off," and I said, yeah. "Okay." Dear I'm, God, we do not want to see this. Yeah. I said, oh, you're right. It's a little messy in here. I could have cleaned up. I get it. We, we always throw in or try to, I know I forget sometimes, but I know in the, like the invite letter that you get or whatever, we always try to mention that it's going to be audio only. So the people that do a lot of, you know, hair and makeup and whatnot for a, 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 you know, an appearance on something like this, will know ahead of time to not bother, but Mm -hmm. comedians don't read stuff like, the words audio only just fly by most of them. So they're always surprised that we want them to turn the camera off. I will say that I saw audio only and I said to myself, (laughs) but the video will still be on. They just won't be recording the video. I said to myself, so well, yeah, I didn't no, do my full. I think I didn't that's do my what a lot makeup. of people. I think that's what a lot of people are doing. Actually, I think you're you're all more clever than I thought. And, uh-huh. I, I I just felt bad that you rented a tuxedo for this. I just and that's just my go-to outfit. That's not even when I think I'm being filmed. I just always wear. <laughs> right, um, you like wear a tux all the time, but then when you go to the Met Gala, you go super cash. You gotta be. You gotta. You, you gotta, gotta zig gotta when they zag. <laughs> yeah, that's my exactly. motto. <laughs> Mine too. Now that you mention it, hey, anytime somebody brings up zigzags, I'm excited. Um, old old hippie. Um, so let's get right into it, Danny. You're a talented comedian. I told everybody uh, how great you were on Doug Loves Movies in Sacramento. But oh, thank you. But growing up, Danny, how does that how does that work out and how did you how did you end up sticking with Danny like into adulthood? So it's a great question and it's it's uh it is a real thing when you're born a Daniel you really have about 10 years to lock in a choice. <laughs> and then and then you're you're pretty locked in until college and then you get one more chance to like flip it. But I pretty early I was like Dan, in my, I quickly did like research. I was like, all right, it seems like the cool kids are going with Dan. Like that's where the cool kids are zigging. And I was like, that's not me. And then Daniels were like really smart. And I was like, that's, that doesn't feel like that's going to be me. And then Danny's were like immature. And I was like, I think that's kind of my lane. So I stuck Danny early and then I've never moved. And there's been a couple times in life where I've been like, do I try to grow up and go Daniel. And I just haven't stuck with it. Well, cause it's also at a certain point you start, you know, you're a stand up and an actor. So like you uh, are, are doing these things where you, you, you want consistency uh, of a name, but mm-hmm. I'd also think that it's helping you with regards to like casting and whatnot, that it, you, you're going to sound young longer than uh, other people just by being a Danny. That's true. And I did, but I do remember when I was joining SAG being like, this is the last moment to change this. This is it. Yeah. From this moment on, we are Danny. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm happy with the choice. I will say getting married, it, is, uh, it does feel like 
it does feel like a child is getting married. But <laughs> <laughs> Do you, Danny, take this? Yeah, it's got a weird, it's too informal. Oh, you got to go to the play. You got to send in all these government things. And it's just like, ah, oh, Danny is, uh, it just doesn't sound good. But other than that, unless I'm at, unless I'm in an adult situation, I'm, I'm pretty happy. 95% of the time, happy with my choice. Well, I was uh, thinking earlier that like, uh, you know, pre-show, trying to think of famous Danny's and I thought of, uh, you know, a couple entertainers, uh, Danny Thomas and, and Danny Kay, who mm-hmm. both, of course they stuck with Danny th- from their youth or whatever, because they're just like, kind of, they're the kind of guys, if they weren't, so if you weren't calling him Danny, you'd have some sort of nickname for them, you know, yes. but Danny is just already a- automatically like a nickname. Like does, does anybody ever nickname you or are they just, is Danny enough? So my last name is also is a is a when you when you learn learn how to pronounce it, Jollis is a is a banger of a last name. Mm-hmm. And so people have I've been called Jollis a lot. Like people just yell Jollis at me a lot. But other than that, Danny, Danny and yeah, people yell in my last Jollis, get over here. And I go, OK, but that's it. It's been it's easy. And by the way, and I do want to say Danny K was one of the people who my parents named me after. Oh. oh, okay. Let it be known. Let it be known. Danny Kay and uh, Dan Marley of the Phoenix Suns. Oh, no way. Two <laughs> big factors. <laughs> what a combo. I mean, and I said, I can hit that. And then I definitely uh, in life went pretty quickly. I think they were like, it's more of a Danny Kay is what came out of here. <laughs> uh, my basketball skills did not progress like we thought, but my comedy skills, pretty good. Are there any other, I'm trying to think of any other like really famous Danny's right now. Ryan mentioned uh, Danny Glover. Yes. <laughs> Danny Glover's a good one. There's, That's um, a, it's weird that he, he's like such a, like uh, from the, you know, the second we really got to know him, he was already saying he was too old for shit. Uh, so it's just, it's interesting that he's, that he's, you know, a Danny. I just assume that's like his whole family and friends and everybody just called him that from early on. So then when he became more of a distinguished guy playing cops and stuff, like, uh, it it just stuck around, but he doesn't, he doesn't strike me as a Danny. Yeah. DeVito. There's another one. Oh, that's that's a great example of a Danny. Cause of Mm -hmm. course you're not going to give him an adult name. No, 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 not at all. (laughs) That's the most Danny of them all. So childlike just from his size and his, and his, uh, just his overall nature is so entertaining. Uh, they should give him some sort of like lifetime achievement award just for being on it's sunny for all these years and just being so consistently, uh, on the same page with those weirdos, you know, <laughs> I mean, what a career. I mean, we just the amount of good stuff that that guy is in is pretty yeah. wild and, produced. And, and the amount of garbage too, because he was, a, you know, he, he was an actor who worked like he was in mm-hmm. and he produced people forget this, but he's a producer on Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Wow. And one of them, I forgot that. That's that's crazy. (laughs) He directed Matilda. And also um, that Hoffa movie that didn't turn out so good with Nichols. And, uh, but he did more of the road. And uh, did, 
I want to say throw Mala from the train. He'd be somebody who I feel like I'd be nervous. Oh yeah. I'd be nervous to meet him. He would, he would. Because he's um, so intimidating. I think that, (laughs) but in a way, right. It's like when they're physically intimidating and even like he's in a different way, physically intimidating where it's like, he's just such a thing. It's like, I could see myself clamming up. There's some actors who every athlete makes me fall apart. And then most comics and like actors, I can keep it together, but every now and then a random one will get me where I'm like, Ooh, I'm really struggling. Right. Struggling to talk to this person. Yeah. I always have like a, uh, I wish I had thought of this to say kind of, or, yeah. or this to ask, you know, I never ask the right questions. I never take pictures with famous people when I meet them. And it's really uh, stupid on my part, but I just want to be like in the moment with those people and not be like, all, oh, Hey, can we get a picture? And I've had like times where I'm kind of chilling with somebody. And then when I bring up taking a picture, it kind of ruins the, they were kind of into how chill it was. And then I wasn't right. bothering I them on that level, you know, I'll always, I'll always take the stand of, I will not ask her the photo and I will just live in the memory, but it is, uh, you know, then all of a sudden the commercial, whatever comes out and I'm barely in it with them. And I'm like, nah, I really, ah. Yeah. That's the thing is like, if, if, uh, if the end, uh, you know, if the thing you were in working with the person on turns out, you know, if, if it's clear, like that you did work with them and you have this footage, you know, then it's, uh, that I guess is a, a replacement for getting a picture with them. But, but also now it's just your social media. It, it, people like to see pictures of us with, you know, more famous comedians or actors or whoever. It's just like, it's just uh, fun to see those kind of pictures. And they, you know, they get those numbers, you know, they get the numbers and I don't get it. That's where I'm screwing up. That's where I mess up my numbers. I'm taking enough (laughs) more pictures with Danny DeVito. I gotta get Danny DeVito. Whoever, whoever it is (laughs) like also, cause it's the craziest, uh, the algorithms these days, like you just don't know who's like, uh, the kind of fame that's going to trigger people to, to share it and like it and all that stuff. So I've made uh, the observation recently that like it used to go backstage at comedy shows and comics would be talking about jokes or they'd be talking about like the road. Now, every time I go backstage at a comedy show, it's just a bunch of comics being like the algorithm. Where are you at on the algorithm? (laughs) Like everybody is trying to crack the algorithm everywhere. All out, yeah. Talk, yeah. And I like, I haven't even started yet, but I'm about to dip into uh TikTok. But I hear that one of the things that you have to do on TikTok is once you've decided to do it, you have to post daily, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. just just one or like two things, I think, but you have to do it daily. You have to post at least once a day, and yeah, also, I think because I got on it a little late. And I will say that I think uh, TikTok was inflating numbers out of the gates. And I think we missed the inflation period. Oh, yeah. That's a bummer. That's a bummer for us. But that, that does suck. But if you, you know, but if you can get to a decent number that you start to get like weird perks and stuff, right? You can all, and, and do they pay some people? I know that I, I'm not making much, but they're paying me a few pennies for, for uh, uh, things that get a lot of hits on uh, Instagram these days. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's like, yeah, I'll get, I've 
it's like such a laughable amount for the amount of time <laughs> right? I spend being like this video, I guess is worth posting. And then I'll post <laughs> it. And I'm like, I don't know. It's terrible. And, and then somebody's like, Oh, you have to post, you have to it's 20 times a day. And if you don't, the algorithm will throw you right out. <laughs> oh yeah. See, I, that's, I've heard that posting too much is just as bad as not, you know, not posting daily. So like, uh, I you post, know, that's what I'm I, going for. I, th- I think you're going to be fine. I post daily. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much, but I, I will say having a podcast, I just restarted my podcast. Having a podcast really helps. Cause you Cause can it feels that. It, yeah. Cause it's something to talk about and vice versa. Yeah. You can just sort of, they can feed off of each other a little bit. Mm-hmm, I've mm-hmm. been hearing from people that it's very hard to, uh, and I, I guess I agree from my own personal experience that it's hard to get people to jump over to, Hey, you're following me on Twitter. Come follow me on Instagram or Impossible. Instagram. Come follow me on TikTok. Like people are just sort of like, they have their, their one that they use the most, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, and so they, you know, why add this other shit? They, you know, especially if they think you're going to be posting the same crap in all these places, why, why do they need to follow you everywhere? people just don't realize how much it means when they follow you I know. <laughs> it means so much to us if you're listening it really to right now please follow the i finally made a uh wide world zero dugs because i couldn't get oh dugs so it's wide world zero dugs on uh, twitter <laughs> and uh you know it's just inching along with uh, getting uh people to follow because it's only people who have heard this podcast. I'm sure that would follow it. And, uh, you know, so I'll mention it again to, yeah, exactly. And what's the name of your uh, podcast, Danny? It's called everything, but the scores is, uh, we, we've, we, we just restarted it. It's a, it's a sports podcast. Hang on. But it's uh, it's all the stories around sports. So it's nothing that happens on the field. So it's all stories right. that everybody can talk about. I almost hung up on you, but you said, "Hang on." I know. Well, I could tell. <laughs> so I could. I, I, I know my crowd. In the call. I stayed <clears throat> on I, it. I know my crowd. I figured that that was not going to get a good reaction out of the gate. <laughs> <laughs> but I figured from the title, uh, <laughs> sure. Any anything but the scores. Um, everything, but close. everything but, but yeah. Uh, Almost everything but the scores um, <laughs> gave, gave me kind of an idea, but that is, there is a lot to talk about there. And I think we talked about it briefly on uh, Douglas movies when you were on, yes. um, but we will plug it again uh, at the end of this show. So people don't have to, you know, uh, worry their brains about it right now. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> don't even. Okay. So, <laughs> We got the, the nicknames uh, it was never a big part of your uh, life because of being a, a Danny and people uh, being fine with that. What about your uh, so-called middle name that rarely gets revealed to the public, but we'd like to hear it now. I'm not ashamed. Uh, Elliot. Ooh, how many L's, how many T's? So, Great question. And there's a story to this, but there's two L's, one T I thought. And then when I was probably, probably 15 years old, I wrote my middle name and my mom was like, what are you doing? There's two T's. And I was like, what? And so I was like, Oh no. And so I, from 15 to 18, living a lie with two T's. (laughs) 
And then at 18, <laughs> I saw an official government document and I was like, no, it's she one was wrong. T. She was wrong. It's one what? T. Oh. But on almost, but 15 to 18, I don't know if you know about this, is the point in your life where you sign the most government documents. So in almost everything that you see, <laughs> including my driver's license, I have two T's. Uh, and oh it is my wrong. God. Wow. <laughs> it's been you, a problem. You think that maybe wasn't actually your mom? I, imposter? That's a good point. That's a good thought. <laughs> Does she have any T's in her name? Maybe she just uh, had one too many and needed, thought you needed it. Uh, that's a good call. That's a good thought. Who did the, like, Elliot Gould, what's his, what's his deal? Is he two L's, two T's? I feel like he is. In my mind, he is. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's uh, Sam Elliot. I couldn't tell you for sure how many L's and T's are in his. <laughs> nobody nobody i knows. mean is there is there yeah because there's also chris elliott i think is one l and, and the elliott and the elliott you know clan that he's he's led the the, the children lest we forget right yeah yeah there's a whole 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 slew of elliott's i think there's been uh two different elliott's on my uh podcasts over the years there you go um Never, never. Uh, I, I've spoken to him briefly, but I never, uh, never got to. It doesn't seem like Chris Elliott shows up on podcasts now that I think of it. Some people don't. There are some people who out of nowhere, they're like, yeah, I don't do podcasts. And you're like, oh, that's wild. What a wild choice. Yeah. It's a it's an interesting decision. I, I I find also that a lot of the people that said that to me 10 years ago have a podcast of their own now. <laughs> you know right. there were people i had friends i had some really good friends who would come on my podcast just because you know just because they're my friends they agree to do it but they'd sort of shit on the idea of podcasts the whole time and then now of course at this point they you know they have one mm -hmm. um especially if they've become successful it feels like if you become really successful now there's more people just yelling at you oh go ahead and have a podcast there's so there's thousands of them. You might as well, you know, add to the problem. It really, it really is. Literally, you might as well add to the problem. Feels like what is said to you of like just <laughs> make another one, and you're like, yeah. all right. It's like what you're expected to have it. Like it's the same level. Like just like social media, you 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 know, you're. When I run into a comedian or an actor that doesn't have Twitter, I'm just like, what? How do you? I mean, well, so, I'd, I'd love to live in that world, but I also <laughs> love, I'm just obsessed with, you know, being able to share my jokes and stuff with lots of people all at once, any time of day, you know? I struggle with social media as like a, as like a mental health wise, um, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> you know how it uh, destroys you. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> but one thing I've learned is as a comedian and, and very much as an actor, it plays such a factor in the casting it plays such a factor into bookings. Um, and so you really have to do it. And so every time I, yeah, I meet like an actor and they're like, I just don't have that. I'm like, how are they casting you? Like it comes up so much when I'm like, it comes up so much. Yeah. And, it's, and in comedy, you just, uh, it's just a necessary platform to promote yourself because uh, you know, 
it, there's so many comedians now, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if you're, if you're just starting out in comedy, like that's the way that kind of levels the playing field is you can, you may not get spots at the best clubs, but you, you can have a Twitter. Nobody can stop that unless you're writing weird shit. Yeah, the problem, but then the problem is, and this is why I go back and forth. I go, yeah, that's wonderful. But then I go, well, your first four years in comedy, you should, in my opinion, actively avoid being seen by anybody. Like hide, get really good, and then get seen by as many people as possible. And I don't think there's patience for that anymore. So I see people get big on TikTok, you know, like have a video go viral and it's like, oh, their career is starting. And I'm like, but it's not, they're not ready to start. So it's going to be a problem. It's going to catch up to them. And then they're being introduced to people way too young. And then you're in that world. And then you have your rise and fall and then you're in trouble. And I've seen it happen to many people. (laughs) Yeah. It's a real trap that, uh, that the YouTubers can get so much attention and then not have an act for people to come out and see. Yeah. Get booked, yep. headline a club, do an hour, but they have, I don't know, four minutes and then. Oh yeah. And agents and agents don't care because the touring agents will be like, we'll send them out one time. They'll bomb, but we'll make that money. And then when they don't draw a second time, cause they won't, cause nobody will come back to see them. We'll just drop them and we'll just pick up a new person. And though, but meanwhile, there's a person there who could have been a really great comic who just got abused by that system. And I don't care. Absolutely. For it. You're absolutely right. I mean, I, I don't like to look back on my career and say, you know, here's mistakes I made or things I regret, but like starting stand up in LA really, you know, slowed down my overall growth and trajectory because like you're saying, like being seen by so many uh, people that uh, have power in comedy clubs and in movies and TV being seen by them when you're not ready, uh, even though there's little sparks of being ready. Like that's mm-hmm. sort of like what got me through is that I, things would happen because I just, you know, I'd get lucky here or there, but, uh, but overall, yeah, it's great to uh, develop your craft in another town and then move to New York or LA. I know I started in New York like an idiot. And uh, <laughs> it was so dumb. I just was like, why, why am I here? I mean, it was, I just got obliterated, but you know, at the from, you know, hard fire is iron or whatever they say. I don't know. There's some <laughs> phrase there, but you know what I mean? You got what I'm trying to say there. Made it, yeah. Made us, made us stronger. I'd say one of the things about being in LA is I was just sort of fell into a, a, a sphere of in, influence where uh, I feel like the other comics that I was hanging out with and spending time with were like all like sort of uh you know of of a mindset that because also the thing is you, you kill in la it doesn't mean you're going to kill out on the road because it's just audiences in la uh no offense no if anyone's listening from there <laughs> are just yes. not uh they're not the same they're not as they're they're, they're just like out to be out or something i don't even know what their deal is but uh they can you be know weird. Yeah, especially. Well, I know what their deal is now. I know that they very much like to see uh, famous comedians, you know, because that's the trend now in Los Angeles is, uh, you know, if you have like a a show somewhere, if you can convince uh, Bill Burr, you know, whoever to like come by and do a set and you can announce it or say there's a secret guest, that seems to be the thing that drives people to check out shows which is still going to be good shows because obviously the very famous comedians tend to be good at it but yes. it's still it, it's still like they're the audience is kind of there for the wrong reason yeah it's, it's always great when they now because of that 
a lot of shows would start throwing uh, plus secret special headliner or whatever. And then it's no one anyone's heard of. And then <laughs> the yeah. crowd's just furious. They're just trying to uh, trick My favorite is when I show up to a show and they like advertise Bill Burr or something and Bill Burr canceled that day. So you, they'll like, you know, put me last and I'll be like, your last comic, Danny Jolly. So you walk on stage as you hear people actively being like, wait, wait a second. <laughs> oh, co- oh, come on. You're like, eh. yeah, <laughs> they can't be open to what you're about to do because they're just so like, what? We came here to see that guy. You better I, be good. I know that I come on stage like listing my credits. I'm like, hey, hang on a second, people. I, I've I've done some things. <laughs> and that's part of it is they should have the audience should have had fun already up until that point. You know, if the club's putting on good acts, then they're they're you know that's that's one of the things that I think most people are surprised by when they go see comedies when they go to see a celebrity or they are hoping to see a celebrity and they see an unknown comedian that makes them laugh really hard. They're always like kind of shocked by it. Like it's such a crazy concept that there's talented, funny people out there that aren't famous. It's the people <laughs> who will always kill the hardest, in my opinion, like the people, the person that's going to make you laugh the hardest at the club is the seasoned guy who you just don't know yet or girl, like the person who you don't know yet, who you're like, and the person who has such a unique voice, like that's where, if I may, Doug, you know, Doug, uh, you have such a unique voice on stage in a way that so few, you know, it's like if you don't know who you are and you come to a comedy club and you catch you and, and like you, you're the type of person that would love Doug Benson. You haven't yet met Doug Benson. You're going to lose your shit. You're going to lose your mind. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, that sounds great. I, I believe it. I believe it on your behalf. <laughs> no, that's why I really do like going on shows where I'm not the guy, uh, you know, that the people are there to see, but I'm doing a short set. Like, I don't want to fill in to headline instead of somebody that they were excited to see. But like, if I'm just going on for, you know, 15 minutes or whatever, uh, I really like being on shows that are packed with big names and I'm a, a lesser one because of exactly what you're talking about. Like it's strangely easier to kill because the audience is just delighted that they're enjoying you uh, mm-hmm. despite not necessarily knowing who you are. Yeah. Um, what time is it? Holy shit. We're like really, uh, Whoa, language. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we should get like a sound effect of a swear jar. And, uh, <laughs> just make a little clink. Um, but we have to do a commercial, um, uh, break, for hopefully someday we'll have uh, you know people paying to advertise in those breaks uh so think about that while you listen to whatever it is that we play during the break maybe the show just comes right back i I am not entirely sure how that works but we will be right back ophthalmologist dr strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. 
It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. We are back and... And what a commercial. I mean, I didn't know that's what was going to play. That was so good. <laughs> Middle name Elliot. <laughs> With however many T's. So many one T's. T's. One T technically, two T's for the government on some documents, but not others. Yeah, you're living a double life. It's exciting. <laughs> it's pretty thrilling. Uh, but then we always break down the flow of the first, middle, and last name because it either makes person sound uh, very distinguished or it makes sound like their parents are deranged. And in your case, <laughs> Danny Elliot Jollis. All right. Pretty good. Yeah, I think it's got a nice flow. It doesn't it doesn't do that thing where you sound super rich or anything like because, you know, Danny's going to put a stop to that right there. Right there. Right there. <laughs> out of the gate. You're like, oh, yeah. this person's this There's guy's never anybody called like Sir Danny or Danny yeah. Esquire. Yeah, I'm not doing well. We know that. But, you know, I'm probably having fun out there. And that's that's what I bring <laughs> to the table. Um, that's right. Um, so what about the last name, Jollis? Like, um uh, the listeners may have seen it in the listing or whatever, but I'll say it anyway. It's J O L L E S. Mm-hmm. So you must get people spelling that wrong all the time. Spelled wrong. And more importantly, I mean, the pronunciations I've heard over the years have been <laughs> wild. I mean, having to do, you know, stand up comedy really is an art. One of the, I mean, it's probably the most unique art form as far as like every night of your life probably a different human has to say your last name out loud. So yeah. it is a real issue. If you have a bad last name to be like, all right, I got to teach like every single person how to say this name. And so I've gotten very good at it. It's jawless. Like I don't have a jaw. I say that every night of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and I bet some people still don't even know what that means. Oh, well, yeah, they always go jawless. Like, uh, okay. But I've seen people, I mean, People, I mean, I've been brought up Joel's, Jolie's, uh, Jolly's, uh, Hoyes is very common. Whoa, they're wow. hard Spanish because it can look Spanish. Um, that's why I invited you on the show today for Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> <laughs> that's my, it's my dad's birthday. Shout out Rob Jollis, you know. So there's oh. a, there's a, I assumed it was because of that. Robert Jollis. See, so Jollis, the last name could be very distinguished. Oh yeah. He makes it sound great. It's got a Robert in front of it. Uh And then my my grandpa (laughs) Lee Jollis. I mean, that's. that's Ooh, what's the, what's his middle name? (sighs) That's a good question. What was it? Lee? Yeah. Lee. Lee Jollis. So often a middle name. seems weird to have a middle name when your first name is Lee. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know his middle name. Yeah, it'd be I, funny if it was Bobby or something. Lee <laughs> <Ugly> Bobby. <laughs> it's definitely weird to have a middle name that's more syllables than your first name. I feel like that would throw a lot of people off. It L-E-A. does. That, that oh, gets a that little bit. Yeah, it gets a little tricky there with the with the. Uh, uh, I'm always amazed by when somebody has, has kids and comes up with like weird uh, consonant, you know, syllable uh, combinations. Huh? You know, like, because it feels like they should all be 
they don't all have to be three, uh, but they can't. I don't know if they're all three. I guess that's too much. That's a long name. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah. But again, it gets gets down to like the longer it takes to say somebody's name, the more special they sound for some reason. That is true. That is very true. Like there's weirdos out there with two middle names, and when you hear it, you go, "Wow, they sound more important." Mm-hmm. Because they have two middle names. It's it's pretty wild. And then you got, you know, my mom swung her OG last name into her middle name when she took my dad's last name. I mean, you got you know you got that going on. Lest we forget, oh. that's an option. Yeah, I was just talking today about how. Uh, you know, Jerry O'Connell is with Rebecca Romaine and they are Jerry O'Connell and Rebecca Romaine. But when she was married to John Stamos, she was always referred to as Rebecca Romaine Stamos. So it's interesting that the new husband isn't insisting on Rebecca Romaine O'Connell or, or maybe he tried and she just was like, no, I did that already. And I don't, I don't <laughs> want to do that again. Um, I mean, I feel like as an actress, it's got to be a big, big issue i feel like it's yeah big. well that's why it was weird that she even had the stamos on there i think that's how uh, into it she was i think that their relationship was real you know uh hot at first and and fun you know and then 10 years in they you know decided to uh to end it and then she like i said she just dropped the uh she doesn't use her new husband's name uh, that I'm aware of, but also she's, you know, you don't see her in, in as much stuff anymore. Maybe she's she on some, just, she's on some show. I don't watch. What's that, Doug? Maybe she just hates apostrophes. Well, you know, maybe that was part of what, uh, Stamos got in the divorce. <laughs> <laughs> part of the settlement is that I'm taking the apostrophe. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to hang on to that in case I need it for, I don't, is he remarried? I don't even know if he remarried. Oh, I have no idea. I have no clue. I don't I keep specific... up with, with a wedding with the with the marriages of the famous. Right. I know it's impossible to keep up. I, 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 I sometimes you'll like, they'll even do a clickbait. They'll go, here's some couples. You didn't even know were couples or here's people who have been married. You had no idea. And it, it is kind of shocking. Sometimes the relationships mm-hmm. that are happening that we don't, we don't hear about, but you have, uh, you know, acted in a bunch of stuff and, uh, the one thing that really caught my eye because of the character you played, uh, the name of the character, is a movie called Ithaca. Yeah, I knew this from, was coming. From 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, get this, Doug. He's in a movie that was directed by Meg Ryan and features uh, Tom Hanks. Whoa. It's true. And a bunch of other good actors. I mean, it's got a really good cast. The late Sam Shepard, Hamish Whoa. Linklater. I mean, we yeah. got some, some big, some big guys were walking, walking around that set. Big guys. So, and what is that movie? Why have I never heard of it? Um, it, you know, it's one of the. It, it was her directorial debut, and it just some movies just don't catch. I don't know. It was. It went to a bunch of film festivals, and then it just kind of like came out very quietly. But it's out there in the world. I mean, you can see it on. I don't know, probably somewhere. It's probably on some streamer. Um, <laughs> how, big, how big of a part does Tom Hanks have in it? Very small. Tom okay. Hanks was a very small part, but um, uh, Hamish Linklater in particular gives a performance in that movie that is astounding. Um, Sam uh, Shepard is also very good in it. 
I am in it for but a hot second, but <laughs> uh, I'm actually very happy with my performance in that movie. Um, and uh, one of, you know, there's some things that you're in where you're like, yeah, you know, you gotta watch it. <laughs> and there's other sure. things like, I, and I will say this, Meg Ryan is an absolutely sensational director. Oh, that's nice to hear. And the nicest person on the planet. Oh, wow. I did not yeah. expect that part. Oh, she's the best. <laughs> cannot, te- cannot say enough nice things about, about her. Uh, how many days were you on that set? Three. That's plenty of time. To that's plenty of time. To s- things. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. That's plenty of time to see. Like yeah. you, you can you, usually, if you've been there for a full day, you'll catch it or at least you'll catch the rumblings from other people on set. Mm-hmm. Like there's been times on set cause I'm, I have a very, uh, sweet face and, um, and I have a, and I am very good at avoiding conflict. So it's like, one of the things I think I do best is like, I can go on a set and kind of keep every, I'll make everybody happy. Like, I'm just kind of like a good, Hey, I'm fun. My God. Blah, blah. Like that's, I think one of my best qualities. Um, and so I don't get yelled at a ton, but you will. F- so even if somebody's nice to me though, you'll feel the rest of like the crew be like, <sighs> every day with this you're like you'll just hear stuff like that and you're like uh-huh. oh they don't like them everybody loved meg on that set you okay so why is your character named merely fat <laughs> it was so in the movie because it was uh you know i they let me improvise and it made the movie I literally, there's a line where they go, this is our friend fat. And I go, I go on my breath. I go, I'm not that fat. Um, and, uh, it's cause it uh, did hurt my feelings, but that was the role they cast me as. And, uh, you know, I took it and I ran with it, but it, cause there's a, a group of characters, like other people with uh, as weird uh, names, right? Yes. There's uh it's me. So Nick Williams and Zach Weber. Um, and we actually were our sketch group called Sasquatch. And so they kind of brought us as a unit onto that. Oh, that set. Okay. So we kind of came like a real, um, a real tornado of bits onto that set. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they brought us as a unit and, uh, but fat was, uh, fat was the name that they said. I think the other ones, there was like horse and that, but like fat was, fat was the name that was said out loud in the script is like, this is our friend fat. And then I right. had to be like, oh, oh, that's how you get stuck with that in the end credits instead of just some generic name that did, nobody uh, heard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's a great it's a it's a good. I'm going to watch this movie. I'm excited. I, I you know, I would have I wouldn't have thought that there was a movie directed by Meg Ryan or a movie that has Tom Hanks in any role that I was not aware of or, you know, uh, and ha- have not uh, had the opportunity to see. So I'm I'm uh, I'm super into it. Yes. Um, well, check it out. And, uh, you know, you'll catch a brief, the way I describe it is you will see a very intense, uh, world war one, I, I believe drama. Uh, and you will also catch a five minute short film in the middle of about, about, about three goofy soldiers. And that's uh, my section. <laughs> <laughs> it really takes a turn to us and then leaves us forever. <laughs> All right. This is all really good to know. You know, usually when you're watching a movie, you don't know when the fun, you know, uh, wacky characters are going to come in and when they're going to go. Get ready. Um, <laughs> what about uh, Doug's in your life? Aside from uh, me and Doug Mallard, 
Uh, Quick question. Are you friends with any or have you related to or like just anybody named Doug that you can think of? Yeah, I'm literally doing a quick pulling my phone out just to see what I got. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, people have- all right, like I got that. two Dugs. I got two Dugs. I'll point to Doug Mand, who is I don't know if you've ever, have you have you met Doug Mand. Uh, I just know he wrote. Uh, oh God, what is the name? Uh, Most likely to murder. I think yes. Yeah, yeah. He wrote Most Likely to Murder. He wrote on Crazy X, uh, and then he, him, and uh, Dan Greger wrote the upcoming Rescue Rangers movie, and. But Doug Mand is best known in my household because he had a bunch of extra clothes at one point in his life. And he was like, we happen to be the same size. And he was like, do you want my clothes? And I took, cause I don't buy anything. I took all of it <laughs> and he supplied, I'd say half my wardrobe for much of my life. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's wild. When those things come along, like, um, Oh, it, yeah. It's one of those offers that I think he threw out there being like, you wouldn't want some clothes. And I was like, I hate shopping for clothes and there's nothing I want more. Than yeah. To take Cause I mean, everything. any of it you don't like, you just don't wear it and you didn't buy it and bring it home and decide you didn't like it. You just uh, got it for free and decided you didn't like it. Yeah. And now I've had it for so long that there's times that I'll, I'll, I'll be like, I've had his clothes for so long. There's times I'll be with him and he'll be like, that's my shirt. And I'll be like, I literally forgot that that's your shirt. That's how long it's been a part of my life. <laughs> uh, what's the other Doug? Doug Moe. Anybody remember oh. Doug Moe? Two Doug a, M's. You're all about Doug M's because, you know, well, I'll only, here. yeah, yeah. And that's, that's kind of a policy. I make an exception for, <laughs> you know, you, but the, for the most part, I'd keep it to Doug M's if I'm going to go with Doug. Yeah, um, that's fair. You know, it's just, it just feels right. Uh, Doug Moe is an amazing improviser in uh, New York city who, when I, before, cause before I did stand up, I was more into sketch improv world. Uh, cause I was going to be a serious actor. That was my initial goal. And so, uh, and he, but I did this, uh, one man, he, I, I did improv and he was my teacher. And then he directed a show of mine. He's the best human. There's like certain people who like just age in your mind. Incredibly. He's one of them. I haven't talked to him in so long. But M O or M O E M O E. Oh, okay. <laughs> M O. I was going to ask is his sister, is he have a sister named Bev? <laughs> oh. But that's, dumb. <laughs> that's a dumb, dumb joke. <laughs> I like it. Uh, we're, you know, we're kind of, when we ask people about Doug's name now, we're kind of, you know, sniffing around because when the show first started, the idea was we, you know, have lots of Doug's on as guests. And then, you know, then we found out we're not that, you know, interested in too many Doug's as it turns out, uh, which seems to be like a strong uh, Doug trait. But what about uh, Danny? How many Dannys uh, are in your life or have ever been? Let's see. What are the, what Dannys do we got? What do we got in the Dan world? A lot of Dan's. Oh yeah. Dan's. I mean, we're, we're, we're riding a lot of Dan's. Right. Very few, Dan, there's very, tons Dan, of Dan. Dan, I got a ton. I got a, I mean, Dan Black, the comedian, Dan Bateman from the band Frog. We got, uh, uh, you know, uh, Dan Greger of the Doug Mand. You got the Dan Greger. You've got, <laughs> I mean, you got tons. The Dan, the Dan world is, that's where everybody ends up. Except everybody's a Dan. 
Yeah, who's a, you haven't ever befriended in any way someone else who, who goes by Danny? I'm trying to think if I have. It's like, it is rare. You don't meet a lot of Dannys these days. Yeah, I had a, a friend, uh, you know, uh, I mean, we still sort of keep in touch, but uh, uh, he was always a Danny uh, when we were in like high school and college and stuff. And then um, became a, a teacher. And I, I don't know if he tells his kids to call him Dan. Or, I mean, he is one of those kind of teachers where I think he lets them. I, I think he, they make, he makes them call him by his last name, but he wishes he could just let them all call him by his first name. He's one of those guys. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if he'd say to the kids, Dan or Danny, though. I don't know which one he'd, he'd go with. It, it'd be tough to have kids respect you as a Danny. <laughs> you know, like that's that's got to be tough. I, one of my first TV spots uh, doing stand up was on uh, MTV's half hour comedy hour. And uh, like at the beginning or early on in my set, I said something like, uh, oh, and by the way, um, I got a friend I want to, you know, I don't think the expression shout out was even an expression yet at that point. But I said, I have a friend I'd like to, you know, uh you know, uh, bring in uh, a point and say hi and not say hi, but I just said something like that's a friend that I'm going to, you know, uh, try to send a message to during the show, but don't worry about it. Cause it's going to be really subtle. And, you know, I shouldn't even have mentioned it. And then just in between two jokes later in my set, I just go, hi, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, such that a good like bit. That was the whole bit, but it was, a, you know, it was a genuine, like I did have a friend named Danny that I was saying hi to. That's such a good bit. It was, uh, you know, that's, that's what, that's the kind of thing where I, I, you know, I'd get a TV spot kind of early on because I didn't have an hour of great material, but I'd had like five minutes that had, you know, shit like that in it. I mean, when I went on star search in my first two minute set, you only get two minutes, uh, in my first set, I just stopped at one point and said, Let's take a look at my Star Search fashion video, which is what they say about the models on the show. And then I turned around like a screen was going to come down. And I stood there and just waited. Like that was, I was wasting part of my two minutes on that. But that's, I think the guy from Star Search, I swear he booked me because that joke made him laugh so hard. You know, it didn't even make, didn't even make the audience laugh. They were just like, what is he doing? What is he talking about? He's not a model. <laughs> That's, that's, I mean, that's so cool. I mean, that's so cool. I love stuff like that. Cause like I, all my TV spots have been very thought out and this, this next special is going to be my first foray into a very weird, uh, like technology piece. But up until then, I've never really done anything like that. And I've always wanted to always dreamed of it, but instead, Oh, here's a good name thing though. When I did Colbert, uh, when you do Colbert, first off, you don't meet Stephen Colbert. You film it on a separate night. And so, uh, they then decide like, we're going to air it tonight. And so they do your intro that day. Uh, and I got an email from the booker being like, I'm so sorry. He said your name wrong. He mispronounced your last name. And I was like, I don't care. And I was just so happy to be on. I was like, I don't care. No big deal. But then. <laughs> Then I watched it and it, he said it right. And I was like, he did say it right. She was like, oh, I didn't know how to say your last name. And we had a, uh, <laughs> what a ride. What a roller coaster it was. That's so funny. Um, so like, 
I, I guess I'm just never, I never like staying with Colbert long enough to watch the comedian at the end, which rarely happens. Like how often do they even have comedians on? Not that often. Yeah. It's pretty rare. So like, mm-hmm. I just guess I just have, haven't noticed that you, you don't get the him even walking over and shaking your hand after your set. Like it's just it's very subtle. They do it very well. It's one of these, it's one of the most, it's one of the, so here's what I will say in credit to them. It is actually one of the best things about doing Colbert is they just do a separate night where six comics tape sets. So instead of having to do a set on a stage where there's three extraordinarily famous people to your right, a band to your left, the most distractions, you've just heard a bunch of people have off the cuff conversation. Now, meanwhile, you're about to walk out there with a, with a five minute set. They've gone over seven thousand times i mean every word has been analyzed so you sound so stiff late night set sounds so stiff to me because they force us to be stiff instead for that crowd they're actually there for stand-up comedy they're into it it's great for the comedians it really services the comedians the downside is every single person who sees you do colbert will eventually go Hey, what was it like meeting Stephen Colbert? Because the way they <laughs> film it, he he goes, Danny Jones, and he points to you, and then it cuts to you coming out, and then it cuts back to him at the end, and he goes, He's so funny, you can see him, blah, blah, blah. They and it's just all a big old lie. Whoa. And so and so everybody just doesn't know that though. So you have to explain to every single person, like, actually, it was a separate night. <laughs> and he didn't, I never met him, but he, you know, I've heard he's nice. Like you just have to give the same answer it's a bummer but it's good for stand-up yeah i mean uh, but like i said it feels like they don't even do that very often um, oh they don't i was very lucky it's a weird it's, it's a weird thing especially now with comedians and clips on youtubes and stuff it's like people don't they don't need to like keep watching through the commercials at late night on a talk show to see a comedian they can just you know look that comedian up and see a lot of their shit just immediately, you know, or whatever. Um, There's no reason. It's like real. I I feel like there's hardly any reason for the bands to play on late night talk shows either. I just feel like you just, you know, people either fall asleep or change the channel when it's late at night and it's something that's not, you know, super engaging, you know, I think it's a really cool. I think it's cool for your career. Like I always, like I want to do a second one. I've been approved and come close to doing a second one. 75,000 times in the past couple of years, <laughs> um, including a, like days away. I mean, so close right before the pandemic pandemic killed one of my late night sets, but I've been so close so many times. Uh, and I've always wanted to, I'm like, it feels cool. It feels exciting. It's a different type of set. You know, it's like as much, mm-hmm. you know, I like it. I like the way it looks. I, I don't know. I'm a fan of the thing. Um, and I hope that I wish more, the thing I wish the most, I wish more late night comics, uh, would do it. I wish that right now it's, there's really, it's really just Fallon. Yeah. Doing them consistently. It's quite sad if you ask me. Well, if if you're almost there for that next set, I bet DB will let you do his uh, star search bit. Would, would, you, would you let me? I would. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be honored. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Well, this hour has really flown by, dude. This is a a, a real treat. Thank you for uh, being here. Do you have stuff that you would like to uh, plug? Let's definitely mention the podcast again. Yes, I I do have some stuff I'd like to plug. Um, 
uh, I, yes, my podcast, everything but the scores uh, on everything that you would find a podcast and YouTube, we film it. Um, and uh, it's really fun. It's a good time. Doug, if you ever want to come by, um, you are welcome. Uh, and both, yeah, it's both just Doug's? both Doug's <laughs> open to both Doug's. Uh, uh, but no, it's a really fun time. And, uh, and then, uh, my first special is on YouTube. It's called six parts. Uh, I would love it if you checked it out, but also on June 4th at dynasty typewriter, it's one of the first shows I've announced this on. I will be recording my next special and, uh, there is a piece of technology involved in it. That is, I don't think anyone's ever done for a special. So it really would mean a lot of people were there because it's uh, terrifying and we don't know if it's going to work. And so we really want people there because we're really excited. It could be, you don't know, (laughs) you don't know what I'm doing, but I'm, we're very excited about it. So, uh, dynasty typewriter, June 4th, it would mean the world if you came. And last but not least, as I say on every one of these, uh, up comedy is like hockey. Uh, it is fun to watch on TV, but it is so much better in person. Uh, TikTokers are ruining it and you, you, you're not experiencing real standup when you watch it on TikTok. Please look up your local comedy club. Don't worry about seeing me. Just find a local comedy club, find a real comic, and go and see them live. You will become addicted and it'll change your life. That's it. Wow, that's great. Thanks for saying. Yeah, yeah people are always surprised by how much they enjoy. Uh, I, I talk to so many people who are like, I'm going to do that again sometime. And then they just, you know, their lives take over or whatever. And they're not necessarily hardcore comedy fans but you don't have to be to just go to a club that has uh, you know i mean yeah. just going to see some random headliner is you know good for you if you're willing to do that but i'd say just go to some random night where there's going to be a lot of comics you know like any kind of showcase yes uh, show and that reminds me though we should mention that dynasty typewriter is in los angeles oh, it yeah. is in los good angeles job. Good job. <laughs> uh, yeah. yes 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 so thank you for doing Dan, it, Doug. You're, you're better at this there. than me <laughs> <laughs> Go see Danny and his uh, amazing technological failure at the uh, Dynasty typewriter. Uh, Doug, do you have anything to plug? Uh, well, I we will be. Uh, I can cover that one. Yeah, you do that. But the following weekend after that, I will be at the I'll be opening for my buddy Dan Cummins at the Blue Room Comedy Club, May 26th through 28th. In Springfield, Missouri. Come on, check Ooh. that out. I have not. I'm not familiar with that joint. And as always, uh, grab any of my albums that start with the words "Fart Safari." Check them out. Ooh. Yeah, right, there's man. a few. There's a few of them. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to be doing Douglas movies this Sunday, Mother's Day. It's kind of a tradition to do a Mother's Day 4:20 in the afternoon. Douglas movies at the Comedy Works in downtown Denver. And then it's so great. Then they're taking people's phones again. Now they're putting their phones in the yonder bags. Whoa. Yeah. They stopped doing it for the pandemic, but that was uh, the the comedy works. I think still the only club in the country that like it consistently does the uh, phones and, you know, phones in the bags thing. So nobody can, uh, you know, it's such a well-run club. It's just, it's just a well-run club. I love it. And uh, both Wide World of Doug's and Douglas movies are going to be uh, presented live at the Come and Take It Festival in Houston, Texas at the Secret Group. That's on May 21st and 22nd. 
Uh, thanks again, Danny Jollis. Truly a pleasure. Uh, anytime. And uh, I came up with, uh, you know, this episode will post later this evening, uh, you know, late tonight. So it'll be the day after uh, Cinco de Mayo. But since we recorded it on this uh, auspicious day, I thought I'd just <laughs> say, as always, Cinco de Dago. Got it.